Welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. I'm Angie, and I'm joined by my friend Lisa, and we are excited to host this episode this week. Lisa, big question. It's Memorial Day week, which means summer's coming. I think that's like the official start of summer. Yes, summer is here. Are you, is there, like, how are you feeling about summer? Are you doing anything different? What I'm kind of sensing right now is, you know, if we all recall last summer, everything was canceled, right? And I do remember we were that. pretty much at our home having our own barbecues and, you know, doing virtual showers and weddings and graduations. Well, everything's lifting up. And so it's kind of crazy. Like I have so many invitations right now yes. for, you know, birthday parties and 50ths and 40ths and weddings and anniversaries and it's it's great. I'm I'm excited yeah. because th- those things were missed, but I'm also like, oh, it was kind of nice when I didn't have to figure out what dress I'm wearing to this and yeah. get a gift for that and I've got to like you be feel, organized. Yeah, I feel the same way. Do you feel more worn out by social uh gatherings now? Like do you feel like you've lost your social stamina? I haven't lost my social stamina, but I've lost my, I think we're all readjusting to even how to be social people. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Like, I mean, I used to have my A game on, you know, bring the appetizer and I'm just like going to the market and getting hummus and pita because I forgot how to cook up a nice appetizer to bring to the barbecue. It's true. So I feel like I've got to step up my social A game. I've been more used to taking kind of these, my COVID hacks. Think of all our COVID hacks. Yeah. So um, I need to kind of step up my A game. Well, I will tell you. Yeah. So this weekend, I feel the same way. I had a baby shower this weekend. I had a birthday party. I went to brunch with some people and I I feel like I'm still adjusting that as well. But I had someone say to me, you know, I just asked how they were doing. They're like, you know what? I actually had the thought this week. I'd like to go back to doing nothing in my house, <laughs> which is not to make light of the year that we had. But I think everyone's trying to readjust to that. But maybe we need to do a whole episode on that but yes yes rob and i were somewhere saturday night and i was we were driving over we always decide when we're gonna leave you know yeah i said let's um, do you have a signal or something we have a signal (laughs) and i was super tired and i had you know to work the next day and i said let's kind of leave you know around nine o'clock yeah and it was nine o'clock and i said you know i'm going strong let's move it to 10 i was actually enjoying (laughs) myself longer (laughs) we got home at 11 yeah oh (laughs) jeez Well, there you go. There you go. Well, speaking of social stamina, (laughs) our guest today has a lot of that. She sure does. Yeah. So we're continuing these conversations um, with some, I think, some really fascinating and inspiring ladies that we know who are doing ministry in different, unique ways, are really living into their calling and I think in some ways it take a lot of courage. And out of the box, they're doing yeah. things out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. So today we uh, sat down with Shaylee. Shaylee is on staff with Lisa and I at the church we serve at. Um, she does children's ministry for us. But the most remarkable thing I think is that she is a foster mom. As a single woman, um, she is living this foster parent life and we get to watch that and see that, but today uh, we had a great conversation about what that actually looks like in her life. Anything you want to add to that or dive right in? Dive right in. It's a great listen. <laughs> All right. Here's our conversation with Shaylee. 
Well, Shaylee, super excited to have a conversation today with you. And I feel so blessed and Angie as well to, to know you just through ministry and the work that we're doing at Bayside Church in Northern California. But many don't know what life looks like for you right now. So just give our friends a little sneak peek into the day and life of Shaylee. Yeah, well, thank you guys for having me. I always love to sit down and talk with you guys. But um, I have been in NorCal working for Bayside for almost two years now. I have an anniversary coming up soon. I um, moved up from Los Angeles um, and working in kids ministry. I'm one of the kids pastors at Granite Bay and um, have a four-month-old golden doodle who is the <laughs> best thing ever. Um, so working on potty training and that's not the best, but she is awesome. Her name is Finley. And then I am a foster mom. They're in the background right now. So sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm a foster mom. I currently have five kiddos. Um, I've been doing it for about two, almost over two years um, and have had the privilege of fostering 17 kiddos so far. Um, so day-to-day -day life is a little crazy around here, but it's so fun. Wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, and here's a fun fact, Lisa, I don't know if you knew this, but when Shaylee moved here, we actually lived together for a couple yes. months. She stayed at our house. It was super fun. I crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> awesome. <laughs> no, it's so great. Yes. Oh my gosh, 17 kids total that you have fostered so far in this journey. Yes. I want to say the youngest is six, was six days and the oldest was 16 years. So quite a big oh range going on. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we there's a lot that I love about um, you, Shaylee, and getting to know you has been really fun. Definitely the thing that has been the most inspiring to me is this foster parent ministry that you have been called into and that you're a part of. And just curious, how, tell us how that got started in your life. How did God call you to that and place that in your heart to do? Yeah. So God actually used my grandparents. Um, they fostered since I was a young kid. And so, mm. um, foster care and just, um, welcoming kids into our family has just been, um, a part of my life as long as I can remember. And I think back to even like middle school, just knowing like, Hey, I'm going to do that one day. And I just love that. Um, so I would say for about the past like 10 years, almost like just really, thinking about it and just knowing, okay, God's called me to this and just figuring out the timing because obviously there's financial stability and just different things to take into account. But I remember probably three or four years ago now, just waking up every day, thinking about it and going to bed, thinking about mm -hmm. it and just praying for clarity from God. Like, is this the right time or is this a time where I need to wait um, for what you've called me to and just asking God, like, if it's not the right time, like make that so clear. And, um, a couple months later, I ended up walking into a foster agency and applying for a license and, um, yeah, the rest is kind of history, but, um, yeah, my grandparents are a huge influence in that. And they specifically fostered kids who were, um, medically fragile or had special needs. And so it was just mm. so cool to see them live out God's love through the foster care ministry that they have done. 
I think one of the things I love about you, Shaylee, is that you are a single woman, right? And so yeah. I think culturally, sometimes, especially in the church, you know, in order to do some of those things, you have to be married, you have to have yeah. you know a spouse to support you. And, and I love that God has removed that barrier through you to show you that you can do it and you've done such a good job doing it because you have such great community around you that's helping you live that out, which has only benefited the body you know, of Christ because you can't do this by yourself. So super cool. Yeah. Speaking of, of that even, I think there are a lot of um, misunderstandings and myths about fostering. Maybe just take a few minutes and dispel what some of the common ones are. Yeah, gosh, there's so many. I feel like... Um, one of the most common comments that people make, and I think super well-meaning, um, is, oh, I could never do that. I get to attach. <laughs> and something I've learned to respond mm -hmm. is perfect. Then you should be a foster parent because the main thing of a foster parent is like, you are the first people more often than not to really teach these kids healthy attachment and safe people and safe homes. And so if you're someone that isn't getting attached and in it for the money, which I think is another misconception because that's not really all that possible, but, um, then you're not going to be the foster parent that these kids need. And so, um, yes, you get attached. Yes. It hurts like crazy when the kids leave and, um, to see what they're walking through and hear their stories. But I think, um, that's what Jesus would want. Like Jesus steps into people's pain and he meets them there and he loves them. And, um, that's exactly what I feel called to as a believer and what I would believe Jesus wants me to do. So I think that's the biggest one is, um, yeah, get attached and it hurts, but, um, these kids are a part of your heart and your life forever, wherever they may go. Um, so I always not joke, but just say that there's like 17 little pieces of my heart everywhere because I really do get attached and, um, really pour all that I have into supporting them. And some of these kids, I've had one kid stay for 24 hours. I've had kids stay for six to eight months. And so you never know how long you'll have them and the impacts that you can make. Um, so just giving your all and just showing them like people love you and it's, um, it doesn't matter maybe which adult or what role you play in their life, but there is someone out there that's standing up for them and supporting them and, and protecting them. So that's probably the biggest one that you hear most often as a foster parent. Yeah. Did you have any yourself before you went into fostering that, uh, you've been surprised by? Yeah, I think, one of the biggest things I've had to manage is probably my own expectations, or, um, I like to say I'm a recovering control freak. So <laughs> I like an Enneagram three, I like to, um, plan and like know what to expect. And, um, that's something I've always worked on, like in my personal relationship with the Lord is like relinquishing that control. So I feel like he was like, here's foster care. You literally can control nothing. <laughs> and I think, I don't know if I could pinpoint what my expectations were before, um, actually stepping into the role as foster parent, but I know that they were wrong. <laughs> and so just like, um, the expectation, I think that foster parents had more input or, um, 
I don't know, like just involvement in the case, but the main role honestly is to like support and, and create healthy attachment. And, um, you see a whole different side of things than a lot of people involved in the case because you're with the kids day in and day out. And so you see the effects of court hearings and visitation and, all the appointments and like everything that comes with foster care. And so you see the effects of that. And so I think that tends to make you a little more defensive or protective of them and maybe um, not understanding the full picture. And so that's something I think I'm always reminding myself of is I just have one slice of the pie. (laughs) And although it's a big one with like doing day-to-day life with the kids, it's not the whole thing. And so um just learning to like go with the flow and step in and speak up when I need to as an advocate for the kids, but also just trusting that God loves them more than I ever could. And he sees everything and he sees the future. And, um, that is definitely something I can't do. So just trusting them to him and yeah, doing what I can. But, um, I think something that makes this journey a little different for me and partially because I am doing it as a single woman is my main motivation is not to adopt through foster care. And I think a lot of families do get into it and not wrong at all, but with the intention of adopting and the goal of foster care always is reunification and um, supporting families and rebuilding families, which is beautiful and biblical and like exactly what I think the Lord wants us to do. But um, I think for me, that is my goal is I want to support families and I want to support kids when they need it. And so I think it gives me different expectations knowing that like uh different expectations and maybe different emotions. Like there's an expectation that at some point they're going to transition. Yeah. From um, and again, just going back to there's no control in that. So whether you feel it's the right decision or maybe not the right time for that decision, then um, you're just trusting God and going with it. Yeah. My gosh, I'm so inspired by your commitment to that. So not only are you a foster mom, like you're a full-time children's ministry pastor as well and have been for how many years? I think uh, about 10. Okay. So there's a theme in your life, clearly yeah. of, <laughs> <Yes>. of kids. Yes. <laughs> you work with kids, your house is full of kids. Yeah. Um, what, tell us what you've learned just about, yeah. How did your heart grow for that ministry and your love of kids and what have you And also, what have you learned about God through being a pastor to these little, little people? Yeah, that's a lot of great questions. I know. Sorry. Um, Sometimes I throw too many in there. That is awesome. Um, So actually growing up, I really wanted to be a special ed teacher. And I kind of refer to it as like the family business because all (laughs) the women in my family are special ed teachers, high school counselors, like my mom's a speech language pathologist. So it's kind of what we do. (laughs) And I um, grew up like in the church volunteering for kids ministry since probably middle school and really dove in in high school into like leadership roles in that. And I'm working at my church had a summer camp that was like nine weeks long. So working there throughout the summers. And um, when I graduated high school, I got a job in the special ed like um, school district system. 
And I seriously thank the Lord for that because I feel like it was his time to like show me the difference between that and ministry. And as I was working in special ed, I was starting a special needs ministry at my church as a volunteer and just got to see those next to each other. And just like, I don't even know that I considered full-time ministry before that. And it was just so obvious where my heart was. And, um, the families in the schools were walking through the same struggles as families at church, but there was a barrier to like ministering to them. And I just remember like going home at 18 years old to my mom and being like, I just want to pray for them, but I can't say anything. And, um, just so like called to ministry and being able to like love on kids and work with kids, but have the ability to just walk through pain with families and um, be able to offer the hope of Jesus. So I feel like that was a turning point for me and just heading into full-time ministry. So I jumped in to that at the church I was um, volunteering at and have been at a couple churches since then. But um, I think there's so many things that God uses children to teach you (laughs) personally and professionally, but I just am always in awe of their excitement to learn. And like, we talk about childlike faith a lot, but I think it's like always hitting me in the face, just seeing them every weekend, just so excited to hear the Bible and to learn about God and just the like humility, even of them being like, wait, God loves me. And just like the special like knowledge that that is to them. And, um, especially when you've grown up in the church and you're working at church, you're around the church all the time, like just not wanting to grow complacent in that. And so just being reminded constantly, like it is so special that God loves me. And it's so special that I get to help kids learn that and feel that. And, um, just, yeah, I mean, there's so many things I can say probably, but just the, the privilege of getting to see that like childlike faith every day pretty much is amazing. Hmm. That's, that's really awesome because I, I think that you lose that as you get older and you've been with the Lord for a long time and, and really that it is the posture he invites us to Mm -hmm. no matter for 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, it's always, yeah, as a child, you know, he's our father, and and you're reminded of that every day. I love that, absolutely love that. Well, life has got to be so unpredictable for you. As you mentioned earlier, you're a control freak, or you're recovering. <laughs> so, in in those areas, I, I just have to imagine that there is, are days and nights that are challenging, full of blessing, of course. But but how do you just continue to do day after day and, um, not be overwhelmed by, you know, what God's called you to do. I I would have to imagine that takes a lot of courage to step into some of the places you are. And how has scripture kind of guided you in that? What's, what are some passages or verses that have strengthened you to kind of stay the course, even on your worst days? Yeah. Um, one verse that I feel like in ministry and then like, especially more in foster care that just like is always the one I'm constantly like repeating to myself is I think it's Exodus 40, but the Lord himself will fight for you. You need only be still. And I think again, that's like the Enneagram three, like we do everything we're controlling. We're do like, we're putting forth the effort, but um, I've been reminded so much, especially this past year in fostering of 
I cannot do this. Like this is the Lord's work. These are the Lord's children and, um, single or married foster care is hard and kids are hard. (laughs) And so like, this is not something I can do on my own. And so just remembering like, yes, I'm, I am the hands and the feet, but this is God's battle and these are God's children and he's caring for them. Um, so practically Shaylee, what does being still look like? Like what does that look like? Um, well, I went to the dry bar today, so yeah, you <laughs> I did. still in a chair. Your hair looks fabulous, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. Someone thanks. else washed it. Someone else yes. gave you a scalp massage. Yes, it was so nice. You <laughs> still have to change diapers and get up in the middle of the night. So it, to me, it's, yeah. it's more of a keeping your mind still maybe, or, you yes, know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, I was joking with someone the other day, actually, they were asking me about this. And I just said, you know, the way I get through it is Jesus and therapy. (laughs) So I am like a major fan of like everyone being in therapy, but I think. That's gotta be a coffee mug. Let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all about it. (laughs) Uh, Like the kids, especially, but as a foster parent, like you're having these like repeat heartaches and there's you have to process that because I think it's a very specific kind of grief, but it's still a grief that you're going through of kids that you have um, poured out and given your whole entire life to. And so when they transition home, even if that's the happiest of circumstances, when a family is healthily reunified, there's still a grief there that you have to process. Um, so obviously Jesus and therapy are big for me and like friends, just being able to, um, have those conversations and be held accountable when, um, you're maybe not caring for yourself as well as you should. Um, when I fostered in LA, I didn't really know any other foster families. So meeting, uh, moving up here, actually one of the first people I met outside of Bayside staff was on like the Bayside shuttle back in the day when we had the shuttle. And, uh, she was holding a baby and it just so happened to be a foster baby. And she is one of my best friends up here now. And we literally, um, just text each other all the time. And we're like, I'm tired or this or that, or excited when certain things happen or, um, just being able to talk to someone that fully understands the system has been such a blessing. Um, but I also think one of the, my favorite things about being in ministry and being in foster care is that kids that come into my home aren't just getting me. They get this amazingly beautiful, big family. And so specifically for me watching, um, the kids team and just other Bayside staff members come around these kids and love on them. Lisa included, she's been amazing, Mm -hmm. but just watching them get this instant family and for them to see people love you outside of the person whose home you're in, because I think they can often think, okay, this person's caring for me because they have to, like it's their quote unquote job, um, which isn't the truth, but they get to see all these other people that willingly step forward and choose to love them and care for them and um, invest in them has been amazing. Um, Yeah. I don't know if that answered the whole question, but. (laughs) No, for sure. What do you think is um, like the church's responsibility in the area of foster care. I mean, surely there's people listening who maybe this will spark something in them or they already are involved. 
Um, but there's going to be a lot of people listening that won't be able to step fully into being a foster parent, but we yeah. all are a part of a local body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you just described, you know, what do you, yeah, what do you see as the church's responsibility in this area? Yeah, so obviously, like, we're called to step in and care for the marginalized and meet people where they're at. And so I feel like everyone has some role to play in foster care. And oftentimes people will be like, oh, well, I just can't be a foster parent. And it, they kind of end with that. But there's so many things that people can do to support foster parents. And I feel like one of the hardest things about foster care is that the hardest things are kind of hidden in the background. Like people don't necessarily know um, the amounts of paperwork that you fill out or the social worker visits or the lawyer visits or the court dates and all these things that Mm -hmm. go along with like providing a stable home for a child. And so there's a lot that people don't see. And so I think bringing awareness to that, like this is such an amazing opportunity for people to kind of have like an inside look at what it's like to foster. Um, And I think One thing for me has been like sharing my story has been big because again, when I started, I was like, oh, I got this, like capable, no problem. Like I don't really need help, which is so far from the truth, but um, (laughs) just being able to share, like, I feel like once you share, people want to help and they want to support. And so um, just sharing my story, encouraging other foster families to let people in to see like what really you are taking on on a day-to-day basis. One thing that's just happened to me the other day is meals. Um, I had a friend, I got three new kiddos last week. And so bring it up to five, (laughs) a total of five in the house. And my friend just reached out and she was like, Hey, can I send you dinner? And it was, it might've seemed simple to her, but it was such a blessing to me, like coming home from work, not having to cook dinner was like, such a relief and <laughs> like burden off. Yeah. I was like, I can just serve it and like sit down and eat with them. And, um, we do it so often mm-hmm. when people have babies like meal trains, but I think when families get new placements, it's just mm-hmm. kind of not really thought about, but it is such a huge blessing. And oftentimes, even if it's not an infant, the first couple of weeks can be a huge transition. And, Um, there's a lot of extra paperwork and doctor's appointments in the beginning. And so things like meals can just be such a blessing, um, amidst all of that kind of craziness. Um, Lisa actually did this. So I'm going to say props to Lisa, because this is awesome. (laughs) I got a new kiddo about a month ago and she reached out to her small group. It was an age and a gender that I hadn't really had before. And so I didn't have anything for him. Um, and so she reached out to her small group and they donated toys and backpacks and clothes and shoes. And it was, again, kind of what I was talking about before, amazing for him to see like all these people that I don't know that I've never met are choosing to care for me and step in on my behalf, which is amazing. Um, but then also just a support to me of, I don't have to go out and spend all this money, like the first day or stress about getting to target on time. And, um, so it was just a huge blessing to see that. And I think oftentimes, again, like once you put the ask out there, like so many people have clothes from their kids that are in great condition Mm -hmm. or I've had so many friends be like, yeah, I have like a bag of clothes they never even wore. So it's been a huge blessing of like to have that. Um, One last Mm -hmm. example I was thinking of, and this is maybe like broader church. um, 
is one bringing awareness and just like there's foster parents everywhere. There's foster kids in every church guaranteed. Um, but Bayside just did their first, um, foster parent respite night this past Friday. And it was amazing. I was able to kind of just stick around as like an extra hand as they needed it. And, um, just to see all these college kids running around our kids ministry building, like (laughs) playing on the floor, playing video games, jumping in bounce houses. Um, it was like so encouraging to my heart. Like, I just felt like I wanted to cry all night, like watching it because again, a lot of these kids come from like bio families with a lot of people and they go into foster families with a lot of people. So like all of my five kids got to have one-on-one attention for three hours and do whatever they Mm -hmm. wanted and just be poured into again by people that aren't obligated to do that, but chose to give their time. And it was amazing. And I feel like something like that every month, every other month is just such a huge blessing. And then parents just to go do whatever they want. And so next time I'm planning on taking a nap. (laughs) So that's my goals for next time. But it was just such a, like an amazing, tangible need that the church stepped in and and met. And it was awesome. It was, it was, I was there as well. Um, One of the things was that it was a blessing for the parents, the foster parents. They were excited to get a night off. It was a blessing for the kids to get that one-on-one attention, but it was such a blessing for the college age students to to see them serving. And I had a couple conversations and they were literally in tears. I mean, they were so impacted by sharing the love of Christ with these kids and these kids sharing that back. So, I mean... I mean, that to me is just the church working as it's supposed to. Absolutely Absolutely beautiful. Well, you know, I'd imagine people listening, you know, can easily disqualify themselves when you think about some of the challenges, you know, emotional, behavioral, some of the medical challenges. Um, What resources are there to equip and prepare foster parents for just some of the unique challenges that they might face? Yeah. So it is a part of your licensing to like go through training as foster parents. And I think, um, the agency I'm with now, I absolutely love them. And just acknowledging that the, there's a wider lack of caring for foster parents when it comes to foster care. Um, because as it should be, the focus is on the kids, but there's not a lot of resources from a state and county level in terms of caring for the people that care for the kids um, and preparing them. And so I think as a foster parent, you kind of have to do a lot of your own research and figuring out, are there classes I can take? Are there people that are (laughs) hopefully smarter than I am in all these different areas? Um, And and I think a lot of people do that. But um, One thing, like I mentioned earlier, that's been amazing for me is other foster parents, because I think if there's a background or a situation or a behavior that like you haven't dealt with before, um, there's always someone else that has. And so Mm -hmm. I'm probably in like 15 different foster parent support groups on Facebook um, and like just love reading through people's questions and comments and just like the wisdom that you can get from other people who have like walked that situation before you Um, and then just personal friends as well. Um, I do think that that's something 
that the church can really step into. I think um, spiritual and mental emotional care is something that the church can really lead the way on for foster parents. Um, I think there's generic parenting groups that like a lot of churches do and they're amazing. I think oftentimes foster parents don't necessarily step into those because they feel like their situation is so different. Um, so maybe if there's a way to tailor certain events or parenting classes to foster parents or letting them know like, hey, we're doing a parenting class, but there's going to be like a breakout on trauma or trauma informed care um, and just making it really specific to them. Um, but I feel like the church literally has the handbook on spiritual, like a mental, emotional care. And so being able to lead the way on that and really care for parents is amazing. Um, but there are a ton of community resources if you do the work and kind of find what's out there. Um, so yeah. What kind of, uh, what kind of dreams do you have <laughs> for yourself yeah. for this? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like in terms of foster care, um, I kind of just take it one day at a time. I see foster care being a part of my life in some capacity, forever, whether that's as like a mentor, foster parent down the road or continuing to be a foster parent myself for a while. Um, but again, trying to go with the flow and kind of just take things as, as they come. Um, I just, every time I get a call for a placement, like you don't often have time to think, but just praying ahead of time, like every day, like God, if that opportunity arises, like just praying for the Holy spirit to guide you. And I've seen, um, him really providing that. Like there's some calls that I say yes to or don't happen or ones that I say no to. And then there's like an immediate reason after that. And so, um, just trusting the Holy spirit and what comes next for foster care for me. Um, I think one of my biggest things right now, like I mentioned earlier, outside of fostering myself is just, um, bringing awareness to it and telling my story so that others can, either like take that next step of they've been afraid to actually step into becoming a foster parent or how they can support foster parents around them. Um, I am super blessed with an amazing community here at Bayside, but it wasn't something I necessarily had um, previously in LA. And so I know what it's like to kind of feel alone and you're, you're kind of walking this journey without any support. So I don't know what that looks like for me right now, but um I really just want to be a resource and a support to families. And so through the respite night, I was able to meet a couple families that I didn't know and talking through potentially um, a foster parent mentor program. And so being able to have a new foster family paired with an, uh, an experienced foster parent and just have someone that they can call, whether it's for resources or support or just to like vent and cry or whatever needs to be done. And so yeah. that's something that's been on my heart for a while. And I don't know when or how that will be implemented, but um, I just think that's something that's really needed. Um, as far as personal dreams, um, I don't know. I feel like on the same page, like I honestly wake up every day, super grateful to work at Bayside. <laughs> and so I feel like the Lord is just, um, healing a lot of things in me just from like past experiences and jobs and, um, just really finding the right seat on the bus and the right church and the right people to do ministry with. And so I feel a little bit like I'm living the dream right now, but, um, just continuing to 
um, grow as a leader, grow um, in ministry. We're doing a lot of fun things right now in kids ministry that are kind of pushing us out of our box and our comfort zone. And so just continuing to walk down that road. Um, trying to think of like personal dreams. I mean, I'm single. I guess I would love to be married. I say I guess <laughs> because I feel like it changes day to day, but <laughs> just like continuing to grow like a community. So whether that's through like a relationship or friendships, um, really trying to be intentional in like friendships right now and force myself to have fun. So checked the dry bar box today, but like yeah. really just get out and not get stuck in like only being a mom. And I think that's like my goal right now is to be like, Hey, you're only 28. Like go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> go do things like, so I don't think those are long-term dreams, but I think like right now I'm just trying to really focus on like caring for myself, having fun, not losing the like non-mom part of Shaylee, um, and just growing in ministry as a leader. So those are my, my current dreams right now. Wow. And, and it, your dreams, I'm sure, resonate so much with the heart of God. I mean, this through this whole conversation, Shaylee, I've just felt like you embody the compassion and the call that Jesus had on his life and that and the call that he wants us to walk into as followers of Christ. And and he's, you know, broken your heart for for the kids, you know, foster kids, but um, you've inspired us, but you've also challenged us to uh, to ask ourselves, what's my part in this as the family of God? And uh, thank you for showing us practically how to do that. Any last words? You have the mic. Any last <laughs> words to anyone listening that you want them to know today? Yeah, I guess I want to speak to those people um, that are considering stepping in as foster parents. I've had quite a few conversations with people that are like, oh, you know, I've always thought about that. And just trying to press in and figure out what the barriers are. And I think that there's a hesitancy and like a feeling that people aren't going to be able to handle it or they're not well equipped enough. And I feel like if anyone can say that's true, I feel like that's me. Like stepping in as like a single mom in a new area that I didn't really know. I didn't have a community built up. Um, like the Lord has provided and he has provided like way beyond what I could have ever even asked for. And so like, God will meet you where you're at. He's going to equip you. If this is something that's on your heart, like step in and ask questions and meet with an agency, meet with another foster parent and just ask those questions because I think foster care is by far the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also one of the best and it's brought so much joy and um, memories will last forever. And um, it's grown me personally, but just to be able to see families reunited and children coming to know like just what being loved feels like, but also the love of Jesus and potentially being the first one to ever introduce God to a kid. It's the best thing that you'll ever do. So I would say step out and ask those questions. Don't just think about it because there's, I think 430,000 kids in the country right now that need homes. And so God's going to use you no matter where you're at, single, married, young, old, wherever you're at. So take, take that step of faith. It's going to be well worth it. Well, thank you, Shaylee. Thanks uh, for so many things, but for 
saying yes and stepping in yourself to the dogs and kids and everything that that comes (laughs) comes with. Uh, We for sure need to get more dry bar dates on the calendar with you. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. Well, friends, we hope that you enjoyed that beautiful conversation with Shaylee. You couldn't see the video part, but we, Angie and I had the the blessing of watching um, her navigate her dogs and her little little new foster son, son. Busy house. Who was so cute. Yeah, she was yeah. busy and getting it all done. But, you know, one of the things, Angie, that I have not heard f- come out of people that I know do who do foster care is that she definitely feels called to, you know, do the temporary foster care because really her heart is to see these parents mm-hmm. um, be reunified with their children, that she is, you know, praying and wanting to see that healing and recovery happen um, for them so that, you know, their kids ultimately, you know, can be back with them and I mean, she's got a huge heart, a beautiful heart, but that is not what I expected her to say because it's easy sometimes to blame and to even be judgmental sometimes yeah. as um, as I'm sure people have experienced. But Shaylee just reminded us that that is the goal is full healing for families and for sure. marriage and for kids. So yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was encouraging and a great reminder to hear her perspective on the community around her, being part of that journey with her. Um, I think it's just cool to hear of how many ways, and we've seen it too. Like if she gets a, I think recently she got a new kiddo and just posted and said, I have a little boy. It's He's this age and I don't have anything. I've never had a kid this age. And then I know a lot of people came through and showed up with toys and clothes and everything that would help her. So um, just a great reminder that even if you're not directly, you don't have to be the foster parent or, you know, go through that application, but maybe find some creative ways to support people who are um, just in sending a meal. You know, great reminder the day that she gets a placement and, you know, is probably busy and stressful and how can you help support there? So I know you've been a great friend and support in that with her, but it was a great yeah, just a reminder of another way to be involved. A, w- a way to care for the orphans. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not be the physical locations where l- orphans are living, mm-hmm. but supporting those ministries and those people who have been called. Um, yeah. It's all it's all of our part to yeah. do that together. So Yeah, such a beautiful reminder. But thanks for listening today. And um, if you feel like it, just go ahead and leave a comment. Let us know what you're loving, um, how this is encouraging you. Um, And don't be afraid to share it with a friend that could use this encouragement as well. The next few weeks are so exciting. I say that word a lot, I realize, but we keep having these great conversations. We're excited to bring them to you. Um, Next week, we have an awesome girl from Atlanta whose story you're going to love. Week after that, Christine Kane and one of our senior pastors here at one of our campuses had a chance to sit down. And then we have some exciting stuff coming for the summer. So keep listening. We love you guys. Thanks for being a part of this little online family and we will see you next time. 